thank you, precious spirit, because you have available unto us, O oh God, all that we need for life and for godliness. We thank you, Father, because you have locked into this day, O oh God, the beauty of your grace, your power, your strength, and your authority. Precious Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you have let down upon us in this day. Lord, we receive it with gladness of heart and with thanksgiving in the name of our Lord Jesus. And so, precious Holy Spirit, we just thank you um, for 2022 and for all that you have locked into this year. Lord, we thank you because they are being distilled over us, oh God, in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, even as we um, come to you by faith, oh God, we ask that you begin to open doors of revelation unto us. We ask that you begin to bring clarity unto us. We ask that you begin to show us, oh God, all the things that were previously hidden from us. That Lord Jesus, as we sit in your presence, that indeed it will be a season of revealing, it will be a season of revelation, it will be a season of clarity, it will be a season of truth, it will be a season of establishment in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, good morning, everyone. Morning. Um, welcome to day two of prayer rain. Welcome to day two of prayer rain. Um, yesterday, we touched on a lot of things. Uh, and one of the things that I kept remembering throughout the day is the fact that the Lord said, it's, it's going to be the, the season of great revealing. That was one of the prophecies from 2022. Um, but this morning, uh, so like I said yesterday, I was going to take one of the prophecies I shared on the 31st night, each one, I will break it down every day. So that's where I want us to start from today. So um, one of the prophecies that I gave for 2022 is that the Lord said it's going to be the year of great visitations. It's going to be the year of great visitations. And um, so there are three things that he talked about. He says, it will be the year where the Lord will visit both his church and the world. Because there has been uh, many agreements between God and his saints. And 2022 stands at the medium point of it all. Let me explain. What the Spirit of God was trying to say to me here was that um, there have been things that people, actually, I had a vision in 2017 when I went to heaven and in this vision there are so many things that the Lord said to me concerning you know what to do between 2017 and 2022 and while I was praying the Lord was trying to say to me that he said it wasn't just you I gave this revelation to um there were many people and on that day the Lord made me also meet one of his prophets again and the person was saying um hey, 2022, there was a revelation that the Lord gave to me and 2022 is the mark for it. And the Lord said to me, there are many more of them, many more that I have spoken things to and I have used 2022 as the mark, you know, and God says, because of the agreements that they have made with me and because of the things that I have, you know, said to them, he said, in 2022, I will visit the earth because I have agreed with many saints that um, I will touch the earth and this will be the year where I will visit and this will be the year where I'll make the things known. He says, but I will visit not only the church, but I will also visit the world or I will also visit not only the world, but also the church. 
So what we're going to begin to see in this year is where it's almost as though we'll have um, some miracles that seem like parallel miracles. You say to yourself, the way it was when Jesus was alive, where it would look like, how, how did he heal people in the synagogue? But at the same time, he healed people when he went, maybe for parties and for weddings. We're going to begin to see the Lord visiting um the church and visiting the world in the same manner uh, where the miracles of God would just break through um, in, in, even in nations where they have said, oh, the gospel can't get here. The Lord will begin to, you know, touch people, begin to visit people. But even in like manner, as the Lord begins to cause re revealing to happen, and as the Lord begins to cause there to be um, a sieving, and as the Lord begins to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to take that from this government. I'm not going to do that. In the same way, the Lord will also visit the government of his church, and the Lord will also visit his um, his people and the Lord will also begin to draw clear boundary lines around the things that are acceptable unto him and the things that are not. The second thing under the visitation is in this year, the divine hand of the Lord shall be mighty over the nations of the earth and men will say the hand of the Lord has done it. So part of what we're going to begin to experience are the kind of miracles or the kind of moves and the kinds of shaking and the kinds of um, thrusting that only God can do. The type that no government of the world can take credit for, the kind that no leader can take credit for. And it's going to be so clear that people will have to step back and even people that don't know God and people from hidden nations, they'll have to step back and say, surely the God of the earth, surely one who sits over the circle of the earth has done this. And the third kind of visitation is it's this year is that the Lord himself will visit the nations by touching them with um, the tip of his scepter. He used those clear words for me. He says, and when he says nation, it's not going to be just land in terms of, oh, this country or that country, but it's also going to be the people within the country. And people are going to begin, the nations are going to begin to experience the authority of God, what it feels like for God to overrule a king's authority. So part of what you will see is that um, a, a government or a nation or a people will say, oh, this is what we're going to do today. And then the next day you will hear that something completely different happened. And it would be that the Lord overturned the decrees and the Lord overturned the decisions. And so we are going to begin to see that there is one who rules over the affairs of men. And it's going to be so clear, so clear, so clear. The same way that in the Bible, um, you know, usually in economics, they'll say, oh, the invisible hand in the, in the economy. But in the Bible, we see times where the Lord prophesied through his prophets concerning economy. By this time tomorrow, this will be the cause. By this time, those times we saw the intervention of the hand of God, and it was clear that it was the Lord. That's the same way we're going to begin to see the intervention of the hand of God, you know, in terms of the decisions around nations and around people. And people will know that indeed God has overturned and God has overruled um, the decisions of, 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 of people and of governments that stand in his way. So I want us to pray that indeed, and even as the Lord begins to give this prophecy, you know that the Lord will trickle it down to our lives as individuals. And the Lord himself is also going to begin to visit things in your life. Um, things that before now have stood against this government. Things that before now uh, people have said to you, where is your God? Things that before now... Um, it seemed like, you know, but I'm a believer. Why can I not, why, why is God not moving? God is going to begin to visit because it's going to be, it is the year of great visitations. So I want you to pray that Lord visit me. 
me. Father, let everything in my life that requires the intervention of God, let everything that requires the intervention of Elohim, let everything that requires the intervention of the great one, let it receive, oh God, your presence this year. Can we pray together? Begin to ask the Lord, the Lord, visit me afresh. Visit me with your grace. Visit me with your strength. Visit me with your power. Let my life begin to express a thought from you. Let my life begin to express Everything, Father God, you know, even the same way, in the same way, the Lord is going to begin to visit the family members that if you have prayed for for years and you have said to yourself my god will you ever do this before they die will i ever get to see what it's like for this person to receive your salvation what is like for this person to be touched by your hand the spirit of god says that this is the year of great visitation this is the year where i break the boundaries where i break long-standing curses where i break long-standing this is the year where I will visit them in their sleep and I will visit them in their dreams. 
I feel the need for us to take just take two minutes. Um, don't only pray and say, you know, God, I believe you're going to visit me, you're going to visit but I need you right now to just take the time. You can mute your microphone. And I need you to specifically call out the very things that, and I'm not talking about, oh Lord, you know, I want a car. That's not the kind of situation I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that before now, it had seemed like there is no way out. The things that you know that you need only God to resolve. So I need you to take the next two minutes before we go into teaching to say to the Lord and say, Father, even as I stand in this place, of your power and stand under open heavens and I join my faith with the faith of my brother trusting you that for this 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 let it be the year of my visitation so you can mute your microphone or you can pray quietly and let's do call it out specifically you are trusting Father God I call on you right now things that require Father God, that you will um, visit me in obedience, Lord Jesus. Visit me, Lord Jesus, Father God, in intentionality, Lord Jesus. Visit me, Lord Jesus, Father God, in boldness, Lord Jesus. Father God, in prison, in you, Lord Jesus. Father God, in drawing near to you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, Father God. Father God, I was on mission to obedience, Lord Jesus. Father God, give me we believe, Lord, that everything that you have said is possible, is possible. We believe, precious Holy Spirit, that I has, we have lifted up our prayers to you, Lord, that you have heard us. And because you have heard us, you will answer us. God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that your power, O oh God, will break into the lives of these people. 
will break into the homes of these people. It will break into the businesses of these people. It will break into the marriages of these people. The Father, the very things that they had called impossible or people had called impossible, let them become possible by this time. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you because we know that you have given angels charge over us and you have commanded them concerning us that everything that pertains to our lives and everything that pertains to your godliness, oh God, that they should establish it. Even as we have prayed and faith and we have asked, we believe that the establishment of the things that we have prayed about in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, before I go into today's teaching, you remember yesterday I was talking to you in Exodus 4 about uh, Moses' encounter with God and Moses saying, you know, Lord, I am I am of Kabot speech and I am of Kabot tongue, but um, I am not eloquent. And I was explaining for those who were not here that Moses, what we had thought Moses was saying was that, oh, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm not eloquent, so I can't speak, I can't this. But the word that he used for I am slow of speech and I am slow of tongue, the word slow is the word kabod. And the word kabod actually means glory or weightiness or measure of weight. So Moses was saying, I have glorious things to say. I have, you know, weighty things inside of me to give, but I just don't have the eloquence. I just don't have the structure. I just don't have the system. I just don't have the way of presenting it to the world. And God said to him, who is the God of the mouth? Who is the God that gives structure? Who is the God that gives systems? Who is the God that makes it possible? for a man to establish the things that God has placed within them. You, who is it that even, um, who, who has uh, a greater stake in what you carry inside of you? Is it not me, God? Am I not the one that will make a way for you? And so we began to see God saying to Moses that I will be with your, your tongue and I will be with your mouth. I will be with your content and I will be with your structure. I will be with the things that you carry and I will also be with the system that you will build. And we saw how Moses from that day forward as he went forward to do what God had commanded him to do, the hand of the Lord was mighty upon him and Moses would go and stand before Pharaoh and Moses would stand before the people of Egypt and great signs and wonders followed. And Moses established the Lord, you know, in the midst of the children of Israel in different seasons and at different times. You know, we, we, we see all of this going on in scripture um, and all of this started from the place where Moses had this pure and sincere conversation with God. And yesterday we prayed about it and we prayed about the measure of weight that each one of us carry and we said lord give me the structure that we i need give me oh god the ability but there is one thing i want us to take note of which is the rod of moses and i shared it yesterday and i was saying to you guys that another word for the rod you know in the in the hebrew rendering of that word is also tribe and so when god said what is in your hand it was also saying you know, my tribe is in my hand, you know, so God was saying, cast it all down, don't just cast down your shepherd's rod, but cast down your history, cast down the lineage, cast down the things that have followed you before now, cast it all down, um, but you see that rod that Moses cast down in the presence of God um, is the word 
nashish in Hebrew, and it actually literally means serpent. And so one, one of the things you realize from the beginning in Genesis is that the serpent, every time he appeared, one, one thing definitely you can be sure of that he brings is doubt. So every time the serpent appears, you begin to see people doubting themselves. And God is saying to Moses, listen to me in 2022, Moses, I'm going to send you forth. I'm going to use you as part of the people that I will use to visit the earth, as part of the people that I will use to proclaim the gospel, as part of the people I will use to stretch the boundaries, you know, of the gospel. And Moses is like, hey, it cannot be me. I cannot be the liberator. I cannot be the deliverer. And he's like, okay, throw down what is in your hand, what you are trusting in, what you think is your fallback plan. Let me see it. And in the presence of God, Moses realizes that it's not even as solid as he, as he thinks. The money he thinks he has, it does not as solid. The job he's depend, de depending on is not even that solid. Actually, within it is, you know, that just that nature of the serpent, the, the one that deceives and makes you think that, oh, this is everything you could possibly be, you know. And God begins to deal with the serpent right there and tells him, hey, pick it up by the tail. But the word that was used when Moses stands before Pharaoh and Moses throw down, throws down his rod, the word is the word tenim. And in Hebrew, it's actually not serpent like snake. It actually is sea serpent, land and sea serpent, and land and sea creature. And in those days, the creature that was found on land and sea, or that they refer to as the land and sea creature, is the crocodile. And in Egypt, the crocodile um, was, was a very um, significant animal to them, you know, reptile as it were. And it was, a, it was significant because the crocodile came out of the Nile and they called the Nile um, the, the, the great God. They called the, the God of the Nile the greater one. So they had many gods, but the Nile for them was their greatest God because the Nile in itself was what made Egypt significant. The Nile River um, was, was the very thing because the Egypt in itself, even the word Egypt means narrow, you know, the, the, the meaning of the word Egypt. Um, and so Egypt is a narrow nation and is bordered by the Nile. And so the Nile is the, the, the only thing that makes it people makes it possible for people to come in and out of Egypt is where their trade goes on, is where, you know, they make money, there's fishing and all of that. But also within the now is the God, you know, um, I think is the God they call the gone and is the God that is represented with the fish. And it was, it was um, the God that was needed or that they believed was responsible for fertility and for productivity and for agriculture and all of that so and remember when they made sacrifices in those days um they would throw the babies into the now because in egypt um, it was almost like a taboo for them to see blood, you know. So you begin to understand why God dealt with the now first. So the now was what received the children of Israel that they were sacrificing to their gods. So the now meant a lot to them. And so they revered the crocodile that came out of the now, the crocodile that was able to engage with their God in the sea and engage with them on land. They thought, my goodness. So it was one of the symbols of Egypt. So when Moses stands in front of Pharaoh, I need you to hear me, and Moses throws down his rod, what they see is not a snake snake as you know it, what they see is a tannin, and they see a crocodile, and so to Pharaoh, it's like, my goodness, this thing that we revere, this thing that we fear, this thing that is a representation of our God that comes out of the river now and visits us 
us on land. How is it that you are able? Remember, God's promise to Moses is that I'm going to make you a God unto Pharaoh. So here is Moses commanding the God of Pharaoh to appear. Here is Moses controlling Pharaoh's God. And Pharaoh is like, my goodness, who is this guy? How is this possible? And even when the magicians, before I get to the magicians, and so here is Moses saying, even how is he able to bring forth my God? And I need you to hear why this is significant because in this year, part of what God is going to be doing um, is that the spirit of God, as you begin to have spiritual encounters with the Lord, and as you have, begin to have spiritual engagement with the Lord, the Lord is taking your rod and the rod of Moses is becoming the rod of God. And I need you to understand what it means. As you begin to lay down things in the place of prayer before God, as you begin to say, Father, here is my rod. Here are the things I had trusted in. Here are the things that I had held on to. Even as I said that, I begin to hear the Spirit of God says that he's breaking illegal relationships. There are some people here that you are cheating on your spouse. And the Spirit of God says, today must mark the end of it. Today must mark the end of it. Because this is the day where we are throwing down our rods. This is the day where you are casting down every single thing that you have been journeying with that does not carry the spirit of God, that carries the serpentine nature because it corrupts your rod. It weakens your rod. It makes it impossible for your rod to become the rod of God. And so now in the name of Jesus, I command a breaking in the name of Jesus. Amen. I command a breaking in the name of Jesus. Wherever your soul has been Amen. tied, wherever your mind has been tied, wherever your spirit has been tied, whatever illegal relationship you had in the realm of the spirit that has made you a victim and has made you a prey to Satan. Right now, by the blood of Jesus, I command a This one is not for you. This one is we break everything we break it every strange altar Amen. Every demonic covenant, we break it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Declare that by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
the blood of Jesus that speaks. Let it begin to shatter now. Let it begin to shatter. Let it shatter in the name of Jesus. Receive courage to walk away. You receive grace to step away. Amen. Addictions. We bring addiction to pornography. We bring addiction to anything that does not allow the life of God to be sustained inside of you. We break it in the name of Jesus. Any relationship you have gotten into with a demonic person, with an agent of hell, whether it be a friend, whatever it may be, any kind of demonic relationship that is enabling Satan to establish the things that he wants to do in your life. Today, we break those relationships in the name of Jesus. God come over them. Let the fire of God come over that Elias. In Jesus' name. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Maraba Kota. Yes. Um, so we just had to, to make that quick interjection. Uh and yes, the Lord is really speaking so strongly about. Um, infidelity in marriages and I don't know who it is and for you you may just be dipping the tip of your toes inside of it and you may say to yourself oh I'm just chatting I'm just talking there's nothing going on but you know something is going on and for some people you are there's somebody on this call you are actually not even living in your house anymore you are staying with somebody that is not your spouse and so the same Jesus that met with the woman at the well the same Jesus that met with the woman at the well that said, go, 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 you are free. Today I say to you, by the power of Jesus, you are free. Amen. Amen. It may be that you've been trying to break it consistently and it's just a repeated cycle of frustration. I say to you this morning, you are free in the name Amen. of God. Um, Because these things weaken your rod. But when you throw them down in the presence of God, Moses begins to see every deception. That rod that you throw down in front of God, that rod that consists of all of these things, all of this nature, all of this deception, the Lord begins to purify it by the fire of his presence. Mm -hmm. And that same rod that looks weak before God, that's you that looks weak and broken, as long as you lay it down before God, when you stand in front of Pharaoh, what Pharaoh will see is a God. Pharaoh is going to see you controlling the very things that he reveres. And so part of what the Lord is doing this year is that as he refines your life, as he commands you to throw down your rod, as he begins to make you, as he begins to question the different areas in your life and say, hey, this is not me. This does not carry my glory. This does not carry my power. No, no, no. You need to change this. You need to change that. You may feel weak when you are before the Lord, but the moment you stand in front of Pharaoh, shaking, afraid, but what Pharaoh sees is one that controls his God because that same rod, when he threw it down before Pharaoh, it became the rod of God. And even when the magicians and the sorcerers, because the word sorcerer is the one that uncovers, you know, so what, um, what he actually called for was come and uncover this matter. Come and tell me how is he able to do it? Come and show me how he's able to make it happen. And so the sorcerers come and they're like, oh, you know, they're working with the magicians that make things that are not to appear as though they are. They also 
say, okay, you know what? We can do the same. They throw down their rod. After all, we're Egyptians. We have access to this God. But the rod of Moses swallows their rod. So part of the things that will happen this year is that as the Lord purifies and cleanses you, he's going to cause you to build systems and structures that even the favors of this world we respect. The favors of this world, we look at it and say, but Moses, you have been in, wild, in the wilderness for 40 years. How is it possible that you can raise and create something that is so strong, that is so great, something that we respect, something that we fear? How is it possible for you to create it? But in the midst of all of that, as they try to duplicate and as they try to mimic and as they try to create their own system to mirror what you have created, the Lord will cause your rod to swallow their rod. So part of what what is going to be happening is that you will have consistent relevance. Part of what is going to be happening is that irrespective of how many people try to do what you are doing or try to copy your model, the Lord will cause your model to stand over their model because Amen. it is the time of the showing forth of God. And it is the time of the, for the Lord to reveal himself through his people, through his church and through the things that we build. Amen. So the rod of Moses will swallow the rod of the sorcerers, even the ones that seek to uncover. So I pray that the spirit of God, we give you the grace to consistently lay down your rod before him. Amen. And even as God is going to use you to judge the gods of Egypt, to judge the things that they revere, the things that they respect, the things that they call powerful, the spirit of God is going to use what he builds in you and with you. The spirit of God is going to use it to judge Egypt. May God give you the grace and the courage to consistently follow him in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to share something. Even as we, we walk in the season, part of what the Lord was speaking to me about was a stretching and the Lord saying, I believe you can see my screen. And the Lord saying that it's time for us to stretch as a people. It's time for us to expand our boundaries. It is time for us to um, to, 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 to change the borders of our habitation, you know, so to stretch literally means to expand, to make extendable, to widen, to extend your capacity. Stretching means looking at your current ability or position and knowing that you can accommodate more. And I say this to you because many times we say we have hopes and we have dreams for the new season, but we don't really um, want to do the things that are necessary to accommodate what the new season brings. At different points in scriptures, we see different people that the Lord was going to bless. He was going to bless them out of their family line. He was going to bless them out of their system. He was going to bless them out of the places where they were. And part of what God required of them in partnership is that they changed their positions. So even as the Lord is saying to us that this is the year, this is the day to charge, this is the time to march forward, this is the season uh, where he wants to do so many things in your life, you need to stretch. Stretching could be painful. Stretching is challenging. Stretching sometimes makes you vulnerable. Stretching requires that you challenge your current systems and you challenge the current models of your life. Stretching will move you from positions where you were to sometimes positions where you don't want to be or places where you want to be, but it requires a move. And the thing about a move is that sometimes you have to leave people behind. 
you have to leave customs behind. You have to leave traditions behind. The thing about stretching is that it requires a new level of maturity from you and it requires for you to come into a season of learning. So many of the knowledge you had before, they've now become the foundation upon which you will then build a new set of knowledge and skills. So part of what happens in the time of stretching is that there is a possibility of losing people and there is a possibility of being misunderstood. But you see, if you are going to be able to partake of the prophecies that God is releasing in this year, you must open up yourself to all of these things. You must open up yourself to the challenge, to the vulnerability. You must open up yourself um, to the possibility of moving and movement and relocating. You must open up yourself to the possibility of losing certain things that you have grown for years so that you might accommodate the things that the Lord is building. So God is saying that the battle that we are fighting in this season is not the usual way that people know it, but it is the battle um, that we require you to stretch. It's the battle that we require you to stretch. Now, just like an elastic band, you stretch so that you know that you are extendable to become extendable. You know, this means that you will be under some sort of pressure, but if you refuse to stretch, you become rusty. And so one thing you need to be careful about is the fact that God will always fellowship with you. He will fellowship with you. Even after man fell, he came down and he fellowshiped with them. He told them, okay, this is what you're going to do because you have seen this is what will happen. Even when they left the garden, he still talked to them. He talked to them and he talked to their children. And ever since God has been talking. But just because the Lord meets with you in the place of fellowship and devotion does not mean that you are walking in the fullness of God does not mean you are exercising the fullness of his will and his hand over your life. So you need to be careful so that you are not in this world, but you are not, you are so that you are not in a situation where you are in this world, but you are not actually moving with the tide of the spirit. So what, and another thing about the Lord is that the people that are actually in the flow with God's spirit, sometimes they are not revealed until like two years, three years, until the cycle of God is complete, the cycle of his mercy and the cycle of um, the, the opportunity he gives people for repentance until it's complete, the new set of people are not revealed. So it is possible for you to think that all is well because, oh, God is still giving you the little miracles, but you will not know that there is something greater for you to experience and you are left behind. The children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, they watched Moses experience the glory, the power, the greatness of God upon the mountain. While they ate manna, they were satisfied with the manna. They were satisfied with Every other thing that God breathed, oh, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of light, as long as they had it, they knew the Lord was with them. But the question is, do you only want to know that the Lord is in the midst of you? Or do you want to partake of the fullness of God that is possible and available? What do you want? Do you only want an assurance that when you are going on a journey, the Lord will accompany you? Do you only want an assurance that God is going to make you great someday? Do you only want an assurance that the Lord will protect you and protect your possession? Or do you want to have an interaction and an engagement with God? If you don't stretch, you will become rusty. If you don't stretch, you will become as one that is stuck in time, like the wife of Lot. So here is the wife of Lot in a seeming journey with the family, but she gets stuck at a point. And the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. And the reason why it became a pillar of salt is because salt is for, 
for tastefulness. God brings out the taste. So everything inside of her that was her grace, her strength, her power, her capacity was stuck at one point. We don't want to become like Lot's wife. And so God begins to say, um, to us in this season that it is time to stretch, it is time to move. And just like a baby in the womb of a woman, it is a time for us to come out and the time for you to emerge, the time for you to emerge. Part of the kind of prayers I need you to pray this year is that say, say to God things like, Father, show me all the things that I should be that I am not. Show me all the gifts you have placed within me that I have not even known about and I have not started to engage. I don't care how great you are or how much money you have, there is more. The reason why you are alive is because there is more. So in this season, begin to ask God the necessary questions because it does not matter how many prayers you pray or how many things you come into, as long as you are not asking the right questions, you will not get the right answers. So begin to ask God the kind of questions that makes men kings, the kind of questions that makes people great. God says, ask of me the nations and I will give them to you and the ends of the earth, I will give it to you as an inheritance. Have you ever asked God for it? Have you ever asked God for a town? Have you ever asked God for a nation? Why is it that you have never asked God for a nation? Is it possible that you are afraid that the Lord, if he gives it to you, you cannot handle it? Is it possible that you are afraid that you don't have the capacity to hold a nation? Is it possible that you think to yourself that, oh, yes, this world is great. It's for people like them, Pastor Isi, it's not for me. Why have you never asked God for the ends of the earth as an inheritance? Why have you never stood in the place and had the kind of conversation that princes have with their kings, with their fathers? This year, it is time for you to stretch it because it's not even optional anymore. The way the enemy is moving, it is not optional anymore for us to, whether we want to walk in positions of power or not, we need to walk in positions of power. We need to stand on the high places of the earth. It is not optional anymore. Um, so in this season, as God begins to call us to stretch, there are three things that I want us to consider, to retreat, to review, and to realign. And this is what I call the aisle three. You cannot stretch without these three things. You cannot stretch without these three things. And as we stand in this year, I know we are doing a lot of praying concerning the things that we want, but I also need us to ask ourselves and to ask the Holy Spirit, what are the things that I did in the previous year that I should not do? What are the things that I was or the way I was in the previous year that I should not be? I know that we are often blindsided by our need to be right and our need to be correct. But you see, a king is only as powerful as the weakest part of him. You need a 360 degree kind of eyesight if you will not only survive, but thrive in the years that are coming. And this is why you cannot joke with the prophetic. Neither can you joke with pure and sincere prayers and evaluation. So even as we are in this year, you need to ask the Lord, Lord, what are the things? What are the areas? What are the things I should have done differently? Because the inheritance that God is bringing to you in this year, you need to secure it as a king secures his borders. So you need to retreat. Then you need to review the commands of God, the decrees of God. And part of the things that God was speaking to me about yesterday was from Judges chapter 13. And in Judges 13, it is the story of Samson and his um, father and mother, his father Manoah, 
and his mother. They didn't give us the name of his mother. But in this story, because throughout the day, I kept hearing the Lord say to me throughout yesterday, how shall we raise this child? How shall we raise this child? And I knew that the Lord was speaking to people on this prayer call. And the Lord was saying to me, that is the question they should be asking me in this year. That is the question they should ask me in this year. They should retreat and ask me the right questions. How shall we raise this child? Let me read the story to you in Judges 13. I wish you together, if you're there, please just type on the chat. Let me know you are here. In Judges 13, verse 2, it says, um, and there was a setting, praise God, praise God. Okay, I see the people. In Judges 13, it says, and there was a setting man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and she had no child. It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a child. I need you to hear me. It says there was a certain man. The story began by saying there was a certain man of the tribe of the Danites, and his wife was barren and had no child. It says um, one version of the Bible says she was barren and she could not conceive, but the angel of the Lord appeared to her. And while I was reading this, the spirit of God began to say to me that there are some people that have literal reports of barrenness and they have said to you, you cannot have children or we have watched the amount of years. You, you, it's impossible for you to have a child. And I mean this as literal babies. And I also mean it as babies of destiny. You've tried to conceive businesses. You've tried to conceive a career. You've tried to conceive um, with good relationships. You've tried to conceive in different areas of life and it has been impossible to the point that if heaven had to describe you, they will say, barren, unable to conceive because there is literally nothing that shows that you have the ability to bring forth seed. But the Lord says that this year he's visiting the barren one. He visited the one that has not been able to bring forth seed. He says, as you retreat and as you review, part of the things that I'm going to be showing you is how to become the one that is fetter and how your life can be impregnated by the seed of heaven. And so to anybody on this call, right now, in the name of Jesus, we begin to speak and we declare that the, the kind of encounter that necessitates for a person to a dry place or a dry land to be impregnated by the spirit of God, let it come upon you in the name of Jesus. Let us begin to have such encounters from today. Let us begin to re re register testimonies of pregnancy, even within these two weeks, even within these two weeks, let us begin to say the Lord turned it around for they that had waited on God for a seed, for they that are waiting on God for ideas, they that are waiting on God for a go ahead, they that are waiting on God for an approval, my God, we declare that in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we stay in the place of prayer, but so entirely, let us have the kind of encounters that we turn away the verdict of being barren in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, behold now thou art barren and you bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing, 
For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. The angel said to her, he said, I know you are barren. I know you were not able to do the things that you were supposed to do last year. I know that your hand was weakened. I know that you experienced lack like never before. I know that you have been frustrated for a season because you have said to yourself, my goodness, God, I should have gone past this place. I know you are wondering to yourself, at what point would this child get to know the Lord? At what point would this child receive the salvation? At what point would their lives be turned around? At what point would the hand of depression break out of me? He said, you have been asking the Lord and you've been saying, why is this area barren in my life? Why is there a patched land in this area? But the spirit of God says, I know that you are barren. I know that you have lacked. He says, but you are going to become pregnant. I need you to hear what I'm saying. For this thing to happen in the life of Manoah, a Danite, one who carried the covenant of God, he needed an encounter with the Lord. He needed the Lord to come and meet with him. I don't know about you, but there have been days when I have gone to bed one man and I have woken up another man because the Lord met with me even in the place of my sleep and I had encounters that radically changed me. There have been times when I have had dreams and visions and there have been times when I have woken up and I had said, my God, when would this struggle, when would the hand of the enemy break off me? But just one encounter from God and my life radically changed. Today, I want you to pray and to say, my God, even as I begin to revisit and I begin to review the things in my life. And I begin to take a look at the areas that we're barren. Baba, meet with me. God, meet with me. The same way that you sent a messenger to the wife of Manoah. Father, send me, send me a word. Father, give me a specific prophetic word that I can hold on to. Father, speak to me, release the kind of word that breaks the bondage, that breaks the dryness, that breaks the barrenness of many years. My God, reveal to me. My God, reveal to me. Karo Sande Balaha. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> 
we choose to be father we are asking you for encounter we are asking you oh god for the kind of moments that change the lives of men we are asking you father to meet with us and to deal with the complicated barrenness oh god father we may not even understand it fully but we are asking for an invasion we are asking oh god that your precious holy spirit it will come and it will move in us because God, you alone know why that woman was buried. Father, you were preserving her womb. You were keeping her womb. Father, to every one of us, Lord, that you have kept areas of our lives because you are keeping it from corruption and perversion. My God, come and visit this darkness. Father, if there is anywhere, oh God, where we will meet with that word, Father, let us meet with it the same way, oh God, because you are showing me the picture of Saul and Samuel. And Saul went searching for the donkeys of his father. But in the midst of the search, he met with Samuel. And Samuel gave him a word that radically changed his life, my God. Let us have our Samuel encounters. Samuel may not be a human being. Samuel may just be a place. Samuel may be a scripture. Samuel may be something you remind us of, a promise and a covenant. My God, let us have those kind of encounters that will address the dryness and the barrenness in our lives in the name of Jesus. Because God, we believe. Because God, we believe that you have the power to break through any kind of limitation of yes, We believe, oh God, that you have yes, the ability Lord. to remove from off us, oh God, every garment of pain, every garment of shame, every garment of destruction. We believe, oh God, that you are able to rip apart the veil of Satan and darkness. So Lord, yes, Lord. we position ourselves for encounters, for spiritual moments of change in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Let us recognize this moment, oh God, when we come to them. Let us recognize this moment, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Moments of encounters where the son of a man becomes the first king of Israel. Yes. God, help us to recognize our moment of ordination. Help yes. us to recognize our moment of encounter. Help us not to run away. Help us not to step away, irrespective of how heavy it may be. 
irrespective of how heavy the anointing may be, irrespective of how heavy the word may be. Father, make our shoulders strong. Make us men that can carry the weightiness of the prophecy of God. Make us men and women that can carry the weightiness of the word of God. Help us to stop making excuses concerning spiritual things, but help us God to dive in, to enter the well. Even as we review our lives, oh God, show us the areas, Lord, and so lord we thank you because you've opened up to us a new cycle of visitation a new season of visitation Amen. to everywhere where we shut the doors in time past any season oh god where we walked away from your spirit and we walked away from a time of visitation lord we ask for mercy Amen. We ask for mercy. We ask for mercy. Amen. We ask, oh God, Amen. that you will make us the kind of people Amen. that can accommodate the visitation of the Spirit. Amen. As we sit down to review the areas where we had it wrong, Father, open our eyes and cause us to see. Teach us the protocols, Amen. oh God, of your visitations. Teach us, oh God, how to receive them, how to respond to them how to align with them in the name of Jesus. Even, even as Eli said to Samuel, he said, when you hear him calling next, say to him, Lord, here I am, speak. Father, we ask that you will make our spirits respond to you like that. Amen. Give us the grace, oh God, to respond Amen. in like manner. Amen. Every time we have walked away, God has Every time you are calling us higher, Lord, and we walked away, have mercy on us. You know, as I make this prayer, I am crying because I can feel the weightiness of it. 
And I sense in my spirit that there were people who missed seasons of visitation. You miss literal seasons. And it almost feels like when you saw the word coming, you walked away. As a matter of fact, you have even begun to joke about it. And you began to talk about, ah, please me, I run away from all these spiritual things. Ah, may God have mercy on you. May God have mercy on you. Amen. And you began to talk about how, you know, oh, I don't, I don't do, I don't do all these deep things. Me, I just want to serve God, you know. And for some of you, you are even spiritual. You understand spiritual protocols, but you have begun to have some kind of arrogance and pride towards spiritual things. And you have begun to draw lines and borders around the possible encounters with the Lord. I pray that the Lord will have mercy on you. And I pray that God will bring the seasons of visitation again. For some people, it is out of pain, out of disappointment, out of sadness that you have walked away from these things. And it's almost as though the refreshing and the river and the well you used to have, you can't find it again. But the Lord says to you today, I will have mercy on you and I will visit you once again. You must prepare for me. You must prepare for me. And so, Father, I think because even right now in the name of Jesus, I command mm -hmm. the gates and the doors and the rivers. Brother, let them be open unto your people. The rivers Amen. of the Amen. Father, let the Amen. old cycles be broken and let the new cycles be open. Let the new cycles be open. Let the doors of visitation, let the chains of visitation, let them come upon them once again in the name of Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. So you must prepare for God. You must prepare for God. Step back and ask yourself, what were the things I did last year that brought me to dryness? What were the things I did last year that made it impossible for the word to rest in my life? What, was, what were the things I did last year that did not make it possible for me to have consistent um, influx of power? What were, the things, what were the things? Review them. Review them. So here is Angel saying to Manoah's wife, he says, I am saying this to you because but if you go to the verse 1 of Judges 13, you would realize that the children of Israel, they sinned again. They came into captivity again. Now the Lord came and visited Manoah's house. It was the sin and the trouble in the land that necessitated that a barren womb conceived. As you watch the things that are going on in the world, and as you begin to watch the pain, as you begin to watch the struggles, as you begin to watch everything happening in the world and the deception of of the government of this world, and you begin to want the troubles, don't step back and say to yourself, ah, you know, God, how can we survive? No, you are not going to survive. You are actually going to thrive. He says, because there was trouble in the land and they sinned, the Lord visited a barren womb. The reason why you are going to begin to have some encounters in your business, encounters in your career, encounters in your life, in your work with God spiritually, the reason why some of you are going to be thrusted into positions of power and thrusted into government, the reason why that thing that hasn't worked for so long is going to work now is because there is trouble in the land. So even the barren womb must conceive. 
because God is looking for spiritual children. And when I say children, and when I say spiritual seed, I'm not just talking about physical children. I'm talking about systems and structures that are going to be birthed out of people, spiritual structures upon which the Lord will rise. And you see, when I talk about spiritual structures and seed, you go back to the book of Genesis, where the Lord began to say, it is good, it is good. Everything that God created, he said, it is good. And the word good is the word tov. And the word tov means for a thing to have in itself, the inherent ability to produce the will of God in another generation. And for that thing that it comes in another generation to also have the inherent ability to produce the will of good of God in another generation. So when God created the sun, moon, and stars, he looked at them and he said, it is good. Why? Because they had the ability to, to, to continuously exist upon the earth and for there to be a repeated cycle through generations where there was consistent sun and there was consistent moon. When God looked at the animals, he said, ah, it is good. Why? Because the animals had the ability to continuously reproduce through times and seasons. So every generation had the ability to produce the will of God. But when God made man and God looked at man after a season, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Why? Because man standing in himself did not have the ability to reproduce in another generation the will of God and for that generation to also be able to do the same. So when God thinks about good, God looks at things that are able to meet with his standard on his mind for creation. But you realize that one of the systems by which God operates is the system of reproduction. And so when God looks at a thing that cannot reproduce and cannot produce his desire and his will in another generation, in another time, in another cycle of life, he says, this is not good. So God made the woman and two of them were able to produce seed. And so when I say God is looking for spiritual seed, I am talking about systems. And I'm talking about the things that you will build and the things that you will establish and the relationships you will have and the marriages that will be born out of the earth, that we have the ability in themselves to produce the good of God, to produce the will of God. And for the thing that you are established to be able to exist through the seasons of the earth, the time for us to build things that are sufficient for only our day, that time is over. The time for us that we will build businesses that are sufficient to only meet our needs so that we can eat, those days are over. It is time for you to stretch the boundaries of your habitation. It is time for you to open up your mind and begin to speak and ask God questions that pertain to legacy because it is time for the good of God to be established. And the good of God moves from generation to generation. It moves from time to time, seasons to seasons, and it has the ability to produce the heart of God irrespective of the season of the earth. So the question is, what you have been doing, has it been good? It is time for the good to be born. It is time for us to conceive. And what is it that triggers it is when there is problem in the land. The Lord begins to go and look for righteous wounds, even if they have been barren and they have never conceived anything before. The Lord begins to seek for righteous wounds that he can impregnate with his will and with his heart so that they can bring forth his good upon the earth. So this is the season of impregnation. And I pray that the spirit of God will meet with your spirit and cause these things to come to pass. And she said, um, he said to her, you will conceive and you bring forth a child and it shall be a Nazarene. Then the woman came and told her husband saying, look at the things that God has done. But the husband actually said to her, let us call this angel 
back and let us ask him, how shall we raise this child? And that is where I want to leave you today. Ask the Lord. So as you review, it is time to realign yourself. For some of you, you had received the conception of the spirit in the previous season and you knew what you were supposed to do and you know what you are supposed to do, but you have never asked the Lord, how shall I raise this child? And that is the question that God wants you to ask in the season, to ask him, Father, this thing you are blessing me with, this thing you are giving to me, this assignment you are calling me to, how shall I raise this child? How shall I raise this child? What are the things you need me to do? Because you see, God gave them specific orders. He gave them specific orders. And one thing the Lord is telling me to remind you of today is that in the kingdom that God gives specific orders regarding sanctification. God gives specific orders um, regarding personal sanctification and the things that you must do. He said for this child, this is what he has to do. For this thing that God is betting through you, there is a specific word. There are specific things that it must not do. And there are specific things it must do for it to be established. This is not a generalized command. These are specific commands. So today, when you go back throughout the day, this is what I need you to do. As you stay in the spirit, because this is how prayer works. When you pray, you must expect the Lord to speak to you. But the problem is that many times we're expecting God to just work a miracle. And it is the only responsibility we had was to pray. And then God did it. No, sometimes the miracles need to be worked out. One plus one equal to two. And God will show you, this is your one. This is my one. As we add both of them together, that is how we bet two. So ask the Lord, Father, what are the things that I must do? How shall I raise this child? How shall I raise this child? What are the specific instructions you are giving to me? Allow the spirit of God to inspire you and to give you clear-cut instructions concerning the child. Concerning Samson, he says a razor must not touch his head. He must not drink strong drink. You, the mother, must not drink strong drink. So there are specific sanctifications for the womb that carries the vision and the vision itself. So there are things that God will say to you concerning the next phase of your life, what you must do and the things you will build. But there are things that God will say to you yourself. So this is what you should do and this is what the business should do. This is what you should do and this is what the marriage should do. This is what you should do and this is what your child should do. There are clear orders and clear orders of sanctification that you must adhere to if the good of God will be birthed and will be established. So I need you to ask the Lord, say, Father, show me what it is that I must do. Open my eyes and cause me to see. Father, give me clear-cut instructions. Tell me how I shall raise this child. Inspire my heart, Holy Spirit. Inspire my mind, Holy Spirit. Tell me, Father, what am I missing? Through the day, Holy Ghost rides through my hands. Through the day, Holy Ghost, download instructions into my spirit. Through the day, Holy Ghost, show me, show me, show me the protocols concerning this vision that you have given to me. Show me, oh God, the specific sanctification orders that you have given to me. My God, help me to walk in the accuracy of the spirit. Help me, Father, not to drop the ball at any point in time, but help me, precious Holy Spirit, to walk in step with your spirit. 
Help me to create a system, Baba, that, that can carry your presence, that can carry your fire, Lord. Show me, how shall I raise this child? How shall I raise this child? If it's a relationship that God is giving to you, how shall I raise this child? What is the government around the relationships in my life? What is the government around the relationships in my life, my God? How shall I raise this child? What is the government around your commands, the government around the ministry that you have committed to my care? My God, show me how I shall raise this child. Reveal to me, precious Holy Spirit. Make that prayer for yourself. Make that prayer for yourself. Show me, Lord, how I shall raise this child. Show me, Lord, how I shall raise this child. Show me, Lord, how I shall raise this business. Show me, Lord, how I shall raise this ministry. Show me, Lord, give me the clear word of instruction. Do not let me miss it, O oh God. Do not let me add to it what, what you have not added to it. Do not let me take away from it what you have not taken away from it. Even the season of your life, it may be a season of pain and confusion, but ask the Lord, how shall I steward this season? How shall I steward this season? Because I know there is a clear instruction from you that we cause this season that seemed like a barren season to become a fruitful one. Give me the clear instructions that I need in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise, praise God. As we, as we go away today, I want to encourage you guys concerning fasting. I had a lot of people speak to me and, you know, there is one thing I want to say to you from the foundation of the world, from the beginning of time, when man was tempted, he was always tempted with food. The, the, the garden of Eden, it began with food. And I need you to understand that food is a representation of many things. But one of the things it represents is satisfaction. It represents that thing that, you know, takes care of your hunger, what you desire. So when the Lord begins to call for a fast, the Lord is calling you into the discipline that makes it possible for you to withhold your desires for a season so that you may come into the accuracy of God's own desires. So food is the first representation of it. In the garden, how was Eve tempted? It was by food. How was um, Jesus tempted in the wilderness? It was food. You see, he spent time fasting and praying, but the Bible says um, after 40 days, he was hungry. And then the enemy came to him and said, ah, turn these stones into bread. Why food? Why food? Why is food always the beginning of our problems? The children of Israel, how come they almost missed their promises? It was food. God, this manna, uh -uh, we, don't, we, we, we want something that is delicious. They had literally seen the Red Sea parted, but yet they could not manage the, the sea of their mouth. You know, they had literally said, God, turn water to blood, done all kinds of miracles, but they could not manage manna with the Lord. They started complaining. You realize that Esau and Jacob, the reason why Esau lost his inheritance was because he did not have the ability to stay away from satisfaction for a while. So here is Esau coming back from the field and his brother Jacob is cooking food and he says, hey, give me of this food for me to eat. You know, and he's like, okay, you know what? I will give you, if you will give me your blessings, like, oh, take the blessing. Why was he not able to discern at that time the weightiness of what he was carrying? Why? His belly had to be satisfied. So in that moment, the Bible says, Esau despised his blessing. Another part of the Bible describes it and says, do not be evil like Esau. He called what he did evil, his inability to see the weightiness of the blessing of God over his life. For him to have sold it out just for, 
for satisfaction in a moment. The Bible called it evil. And you know, you begin to look at people like Daniel and how Daniel became relevant. What was the entry point of Daniel's power and strength? It was his um, abstinence from food, certain foods. And the Bible says that in that time, Daniel said, no, we'll not eat of the king's table. Give us our own special diet that does not have all this meat and wine and all these things. Why? Because we have come from a place and we are princes. Remember, the king was seeking for princes, the king's seed from Israel. He was seeking for those that have been distinct, that are distinct, that have been chosen by God. We have been chosen by God. We are the king's seed. And Daniel said, because of what I carry, I cannot eat the food that you are eating. I have to separate myself. Now, once again, I say to you that food is a representation of that life of satisfaction and that need, you know, to satisfy yourself and everything that you want, you take it. But Daniel said, I am going to keep myself away from it for a season. And what was the um, effect of that. The Bible says that Daniel and his brothers, they had revelation and their minds were clear. They were able to see, they were able to descend, they were able to understand even better than the magicians. When you stay away from food for a season, it brings clarity to your spirit. It brings clarity to your spirit. It is that whole sense of, you know what, I can have it, I can take it, but I don't want it for a while because I am seeking the Lord, because I want to hear clearly. This satisfaction of my flesh, I put it down so that my spirit may come alive. So these are part of the reasons why we fast, because we also want to just curtail that thing that says, oh, if you want it, you can have it. But also when you look through scriptures, it spoke consistently in scriptures about humbling yourself, humble yourself before the Lord, humble yourself before the Lord. And then you realize that humility is not bestowed upon you. It is a decision that you make. It's a decision that you make. It's not given to you. So because every time that the Bible spoke about humility, it said, humble yourself. You are the one that will humble yourself. But in Psalm 35 verse 13, it actually said, David said in Psalm 35, 13, he says, I humbled my soul with fasting. So one of the ways in which you humble your soul and you humble yourself with God is through fasting. And then you look at um, in, 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 Nehemiah, in Ezra, and here is Nehemiah speaking in Ezra 8, verse 21 to 23. He says, there by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from the enemies on the road because we had told the king the good hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him but his great anger is against all who forsake him so we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer I need you to hear what Nehemiah Ezra was explaining that in the time when him and Nehemiah they were making this move Nehemiah had a choice Ezra had two alternatives. Should we go back to the king and say, oh, king, help us? Should I go back to the people that I was depending on last year? Should I go back to the people that I had walked away and said, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of this system anymore. I believe God is calling me higher. I believe the Lord wants me. Do I go back to them? He says, I had said to the king that, you know what? Our God is able to preserve us. He is a good God. He answers everyone that calls. We don't need your armies. He said, we have already said this to the king, so we cannot go back to him to ask him for armies. But we know that this road we are walking on is not a safe road. We need safety. So what do we do? We humbled ourselves in fasting. 
so that we don't, we don't stretch our hand to take the carnal option so that we can take the spiritual option and yet experience preservation in the physical. So it is in fasting that you are refined to make the right decisions. It is in fasting that the things that you cannot take anymore in the flesh, and you know that God will not have you do this. It is fasting that we keep you from going back to that person just to make money, just to survive. Fasting humbles your soul and it helps you make the right decision and it opens up to you the gates of heaven. So every day I will touch on a particular lesson on fasting, but the one I need you to hold on to today is that it humbles your soul and it helps you make the right decision. So people have said, how should I fast? Listen, there are different ways, different things. But I say to you, stay away from food. Like I said to someone yesterday, if you can't ask the Lord to give you grace, pray, tell God, Father, give me the grace to fast. But also stay away from food for a while. For some people, you may have a medical condition, so you can't do six to six, do six to three, whatever you can do. For some people that are maybe struggling with ulcer or something, have a banana, you know, drink some milk in the morning so that you can survive the period. You will feel it as long as you are not eating what you usually eat, you still feel a sense of, you know, I'm restraining myself. But the fasting, the principle of it is you restrain yourself from satisfaction. So you are not going to sit in front of your television in this period where you're fasting. You're not going to be watching Netflix in this period where you're fasting. You're not going to be using your phone consistently, just scrolling through people's posts and looking at all kinds of things. You're not going to sit on the phone with your best friend gossiping and having conversations that are not spiritually fruitful. What you are to do with this season is you are to impregnate this season with the spirit of God, with the knowledge of God, so that the seasons that are coming will bet the good of God through you. So be conscious and be intentional about what you are taking in. Some people uh, will say, oh, can I do the Daniel fast? Can I do the fruit fast? Let the spirit of God lead you to what to do, but make sure that you are actually constraining yourself. Make sure that you are doing what you would not usually do. And it is not just food, it is every other thing in your life. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And like Ezra, as we take this option of God and God alone, the Lord God Almighty will bless us. The pathways that we are taking, the Lord will keep us safe. Every decision that we are making, the Lord will strengthen it. Amen. And the Lord will shine his light through us. Amen. And he will break through in every area of our lives. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. God Amen. bless you. God bless you. We'll meet again tomorrow at the same time, 5.30 a.m. Um, I apologize if I'll be honest. I actually did not hear my alarm go off this morning. And I was preparing for the meeting until like 1.30 a.m. this morning. So I haven't really slept much. I don't know how come I didn't hear my alarm, but I thank God for uh, the people who have my nanny's number that called her and she came hitting my door. Wake up, mommy, wake up. <laughs> you know, so uh, I apologize that I jumped in on the call late. And um, tomorrow we continue at 5.30 a.m. And I know that the Lord God Almighty is going to meet us. So I want you to record the miracles. Make sure you record the miracles. Make sure you record the things that God is doing. Share them. Share them on the platform. Share them with me. If you know Pastor Stephanie, share it with her. Um, let us have 
a time where we talk about the things that God is doing through this platform. Um, remember, go back to the scriptures that we have read. Go back and read the story of Manoah. There are so many principles there. One thing I did say was that Manoah said, let the angel come back. And he actually came back. You know, you can ask the Lord to visit you again. If there is a clear, if you were not clear about the instruction, ask him for clarity. So all of these things, keep the season spiritual, keep the fervency of God um, consistently. Make sure you fast. Make sure you fast. You can do it. We have to do it. You cannot walk around this spiritual discipline. Fast. Whatever it takes, do it. And I know that the light of God will break through us in Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you guys. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you too. Thank you so much, Bia. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you so much. God bless you.